You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano, and with me today I have my wife Anne Marie Castellano. Hey. And I'm super, 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 super excited to have the long-awaited debut podcast appearance, the first time of my very best friend, Mr. Damien Scro. Thank you, thank you. Um, there's not a lot of applause right now because Amory's looking at her phone and Brandy's not here clapping. I just so yelled and clapped. <laughs> but we're, we're only doing the three of us today, uh, and the reason for that is we're going to talk about my well, our movie series, The Tiger's Fang. Um, the Tiger's Fang is probably the thing that I've worked the hardest on that has gotten the least amount of views, and uh, I've gotten the least amount back from. So, but. <laughs> And it's something we always reference a lot on the podcast, and we never really explain what it is. And um, we're gonna today's all about that because we just released um, what may be the last episode in the series. Hopefully not. We're not making any promises. Not making any promises. But um, anyway, Damien is, like I said, my best friend. He's also a wonderful musician, music teacher, very talented guy. We haven't had him on the, sh- on the show, um, and this is my fault. I, scre- I screwed up. <laughs> I should have had Damien on a lot sooner, and I didn't. Nah, it's okay. And, and Richie's, Richie's fondly caressing him right now. I am. Play by play. I am. He feels great. He feels great. Hmm. And <laughs> Are you taking video of this? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Oh. So I just need to explain. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, and His hand hasn't left his shoulder this it whole hasn't. time. <laughs> it, feels so, it feels so right. And, you know, and that was an, an oversight by me, but I hope you will be back on the show in the future, Damien. Uh, Perhaps. If the people like you, if they don't, sorry. Then you yeah. can't be back on the show. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Damien plays drums, Damien plays bass. Um, he's a he's a phenomenal drum teacher. Uh, how many years have, have you been doing that? A uh, long time. Uh, over 10. Over 10 years. Yep. And he's turned out some ridiculously good students. I mean, there, there are. proud. Yeah, there are, you know, there are videos on the YouTube channel for the store, Castellano's House of Music, and there are like nine-year-old kids playing Rush songs, and that's all because of Damien. I mean, the kids practice and they work. It's, it's, it's a little bit because of them, yeah, but it's yeah. mostly because they of Damien. They have to do some work. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> they have to do a little bit. Um, but before we, we get into what we're going to talk about today, I just want to talk about um, how I've met, I met Damien and how long I've known him, because this might be his first and last appearance on the show, depending on how this goes. <laughs> if he says, you know what, that was boring, and, and I hate you, and you suck, and why didn't you have me on week one, then this will be it. So i got to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Damien in high school, and it was the first... What happened is I was going to a school that I was zoned for called Port Richmond. Uh, it's in Staten Island, and... While I was there, I was I liked it, and that's where where Jarrett went to school, and it, that was fine. And then um, the music teacher uh, there went on maternity leave, 
and we were left with no music classes. And basically they had like a hmm. substitute teacher who was sort of lame and, and I didn't that, realize that happened. Yeah. I I would have stayed. Was... If she hadn't got if she hadn't hmm. gone on mater- maternity leave, I most likely would have stayed at Port Richmond High School. And because it was fine, you know, it was great. Mm. It was close. It only took me like, you know, 15 minutes to get there in the morning. Like, how great is that? I thought it was more of a draw to the awesome uh, well, music program that we had at well, high school. Well, I, I never, it never entered my mind <laughs> to, to go to Curtis. I mean, I had some friends that were going to Curtis High School, but I never thought to go there um, until, because I was sort of happy. Like, oh, I knew all the people I went to junior high school with. Mm. They were in high school with me, you know, that made things easy. <clears throat> and we had a, a pretty decent band there and it was good and you know and i i sort of got my ass kissed a little bit there just because of you know i was really into music and and more so than a lot of other kids my age so that's all i did you know and it was it was nice um little ego boost but then um she went on and the teacher the band teacher there uh was wonderful she was great but um she went on maternity leave and basically the sub they got for her was terrible really lame Mm. and um then i was like so I'm going to have to do like a whole year of, like, you know, that's a quarter of my high school experience is going to have no music. And that was like, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. So I talked to my parents. I said, I, I, I think I got to change high schools. And, you know, a friend of mine, Joe Cantardo, was going to Curtis. And mm-hmm. he told me, he goes, oh, I have like five band classes a day. I'm like, really? He goes, oh, yeah. You know, you Great could, drummer. He, he, if yeah. you could, if you could, um, you know, work your schedule the right way at Curtis High School in Staten Island, you can do music almost all day. And just, it's like, it's almost like the other classes are an annoyance getting in the way of you getting back to music, <laughs> you know, because uh, me and you had basically all the same music classes. Yeah. We had um, in the morning uh, at 7 or 7.30 jazz band. Jazz band, yep. Um, and then third period was guitar ensemble. Mm-hmm. Then, concert band. Then fourth period was concert band. Then there was, am I missing one? Uh, guitar class. Well, yeah. That's guitar you ensemble. That, guitar ensemble. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and then, then of course, oh, all the after school. Right. Oh, stuff, and, and then what you would do programs. is you would take instead of going to the cafeteria, you would go to back up to the band room during one of the other guitar classes and sort of hang out in one of the practice rooms and eat and listen to them. Yeah. All my free time was spent yeah. in the music room. And then after school, you either did symphony rehearsal or you did play rehearsal guitar or you ensemble. did guitar ensemble rehearsal. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, basically all day long, you did music and. The, like the math and science and history. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> let's get this over with so I can get back to, you know, playing guitar. Um, it, it was it was great, and it was a great time to be there. Uh, yep. We had some really great teachers. We had uh, Paul Tucker, who comes to BOC shows every time we go to Connecticut. And, <laughs> nice. And he was great. Great um, jazz man. And we had Lou Manorino, who is now a mm-hmm. uh, giant in the world of live sound. Uh, he was our high school uh, music teacher, and and actually, I used to work for his sound company. Um, you know, me too. Yeah, all of us were cheap labor back in uh, the nineties. Yep. yep. So, um, and I, then uh, we had my uncle senior year for jazz duh, band. Thank you, course. Uncle Ray. Yep. And that's another thing. Mr. Scrow came to to uh, <laughs> Mr. Scrow came to teach our band class. But one day, Damon goes, uh, hey, Uncle Ray, where do I put the uh, timpanis here? And everybody went, what? So then the poor guy. Had for the next like probably four years until it, until everybody it, who until wasn't everybody graduated. Yeah, until yeah. all the people who witnessed that incident graduated <laughs> had probably go you know had probably known as Uncle Ray. Yep. Yeah, but he pretty much was referred to as Uncle Ray like 
continuing onwards. Well, you went to Cur- Amity went to Curtis what a year after I graduated. That's when you went in, two right? Two years, right? Two you years. Graduated ninety eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went in two thousand. And was he still Uncle Ray then? Um, I heard people call him Uncle Ray. <laughs> the legacy right. lives right. on. I had both your dad and your uncle for nice. teachers. Nice. My dad taught English at uh, Curtis. Actually, I had him for film class. I nice. should I should mention this too because um, right. you took film. I we took both did. I, yeah. not not film. It wasn't film back then. Um, Damien's father was a, was an English teacher at the high school, but he also taught an after school class that I took at the local public public access cable station. And that's mm-hmm. where I learned how to edit. So like, it's, it's, which is crazy because it's something I do every single day. Oh, I'm glad video I brought edit. that up. Yeah, where this madness did. began. Yeah, that, and, and your dad <laughs> taught me how to do video editing, taught me how to you know use a camera. He taught me everything. So And that was that, that was, was a really fun, fun class. Yeah. Um, actually, some of the people from that class, like one of the guys um, who I took that class with, his name is Jonah Weiner. And I believe he works, he writes for Blender Magazine now. I think that's and, right. Mm-hmm. Which is like a super like hipstery magazine, you know what I mean? Something I would never imagine myself being in, right? But mm-hmm. when they were doing a thing on like best uh, internet video covers, he put me in there. Nice. I'm like, wow, I was never expecting to be in this. Like, my beard is not you know long enough <laughs> to, to be, or well manicured enough. But no, um, so shout out to Jonah Weiner, thank you very much, and big thanks to Damien's dad, Joe Scro. Who really, you know, taught me how to do this stuff and taught, and you know what, taught a lot of people how to do this stuff because mm-hmm. think about how many people took those classes. You know, mm-hmm. there had to, there had to be more filmmakers than just us. Oh yeah. So, um, my first day at Curtis High School, I came in mid semester, like after the semester had already already started. Freshman year. Uh, yes, the middle of freshman year. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. rough. That's yeah. so rough. Second semester, yep. Yep. And not even like the first day of the second semester, like after it started, because there was like zoning issues. I had to do all this stuff. I had to go meet with guidance counselors. Um, the other problem I had, and here's another thing. I would have never been in class with you because you're a smart guy and I'm not. But what happened is in because I was I was so dumb in junior high school, right? Just like I had no attention span. It was just I was a terrible student in junior high school. I was very, you know, very average. Let's put it that way. And when I went to Port Richmond, because I was average, they put me in like all these like remedial level classes, and I, you know, just I crushed them. It was because cr- it was easy. You know what I mean? It was like I was dumb, but I wasn't that dumb. So I, I had like like a ridiculous like ninety four average, and then the guidance counselor took her, saw my grades, and he goes, "Oh, you you're in advanced placement. You're in like mm. they used to call it the IB uh, inter." International Baccalaureate. Thank you. Thank you very much. So they put me in that. Because I was an IB student. They put me in that. Me too. And I'm like, I don't, I should not be in this. They're like, oh no, you have have the grades to support it. I'm like, okay. So, you know, that was a nice little rude awakening for me um, to be put in the harder classes. But luckily, I got to meet you. And Mm -hmm. what was it? Was it in Miss Zaki's uh, biology biology class? Yeah. I am. I, uh, so... I went, walked into the classroom, and I'll let Damien take it from here. Uh, well, I, I remember the first day you came in, you had, like, two guitars strapped to your back and a backpack, and you looked like you had just, uh, you know, traversed uh, some many mountains to get to the school, because it was the winter, you know, it was the second semester, but... Oh, you, that was... Let's it just... was like It was like a, like a oh. you know, some sort of... Um, 
I don't know, like like you had been on this like epic journey just to get there, like, and you were covered in snow and yeah. But walking you know? <laughs> up that hill is rough. Like, if you're taking that, that from here, from where you were living, that had to have been probably an hour, hour twenty minute bus ride. Yeah, right. So, and then to add insult to injury, to walk up to the high school, you have to go up hit literally uphill. You're sliding as you're going trek. uphill. It was a trek, and it was like a solid like 15, 20 minute walk to the school from the bus stop. <laughs> you know, I, I all I, uphill. I like to blame my uh, adult knee problems on Kung Fu, but I think it's because of that stupid hill with two <laughs> guitar cases every day. And also, I was like, I was like, I'm, my mind doesn't, you know, I'm, I don't remember things. Um, I didn't get good with that until I got a Palm Pilot. Like, I used mm. to forget everything. So I, I was always afraid of being the guy that everybody knew to bring their textbook in. And I didn't, I didn't remember. So I would just bring every textbook for every class every day. <laughs> and we didn't have, and the other thing is we didn't have lockers at Curtis. We yeah. there were, but not not for not us, for not really. <laughs> yeah, not for we us. Kind of had to just claim one. Um, yeah. so, but yeah. You, so basically, what, da- what Damien's telling me is that I looked I looked really cool. <laughs> yeah, that must have been. It. <laughs> you were king but freshman on freshman. The fact mountain. that you had the fact that you had guitars with you, I was like, all right, well, this is probably somebody I'm going to need to know because I'm in all these music classes and. Uh, and Damien yeah. was really cool too because the only open seat in the class was next to him. <laughs> right. It must have been really popular. Yeah. It was all the way in the back though. You would think that there were the cool be... kids want to go right to the I, back. Yeah, I always sat in the back and especially, you know, early on in uh, high school. So, I don't know why there was a free seat, but there was. It was fate. It was fate. <laughs> and uh, I sat next to Damien in the back of the class. And I said, hi. Um, and the um, rest of the semester, we tried not to get in trouble every day because yeah, yeah. it was just constant uh, yep. uh, chatting. And, and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Richie Castellano. And he said, hey, I'm Damien Scrow. And I go, like, scrowed him. And he goes, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I've never yeah. heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Never heard that one. And, you know, and, and me and him became fast friends and... Uh, and many Wendy's hamburgers later, here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was uh, 1995? Yeah, four going into five. Yeah. Yeah, so. It was, yeah, around there. But, you know, me and, me and Damien, basically any, like, any wacky thing I've ever done, Damien's been there with me to do mm-hmm. it. And here's another really cool story I'm going to tell about, about Damien. Damien is a massive Aerosmith fan. And I told That's this true. story on the last podcast. Damien's the guy that was with me. <laughs> He's the one I brought with me to um, to Miami, right? Yeah, was Florida. It Miami? Uh, was it Miami? I thought it was like Tampa or something. What? Some place in Florida. But uh, <laughs> on tour with that? Aerosmith. Did you see that handshake scroll? No, he wasn't. You weren't there for that because I think you were hanging out with Andy. Okay. No, I I, I wasn't even like. I'll, I'll recap. I'll recap the story from last time in, in case you haven't heard it. Um, Aerosmith, we were doing a gig with Aerosmith. We were opening for them in Florida. And I knew Damon was like a massive Aerosmith fan. So I said, dude, you got to buy a plane ticket to Florida. And I always said, if you guys ever did anything with them, yeah. I was going to be there no matter what. So, so as soon as you joined Voice the Cult. He, you know, so, he, yeah. he, he paid for the plane ticket. We went down there. And I was thinking like, okay, man, I don't know if we're actually going to get to meet them. <laughs> but just, just hang out see what happens. And we get there, and literally, like, Steven Tyler comes up to us within the first, like, 10 minutes of us being there. Oh, no, he got out of his limo with his entourage, and I was hanging out uh, with one of the other roadies, Mm -hmm. 
and he walked right up to us and was like, hey, guys, what's up? And shook our hand. And yeah, he's was, like just and, totally cool guy. Yeah, it was unbelievable. We were just in shock. Yeah, and, was, and Tom awesome. Hamilton and Brad Whitford and Joy Kramer, they were all hanging out. The only guy we didn't get to meet was Joe Perry. He had his own trailer and his own everything and was in his own He was keeping thing. to himself yeah. that day. Um, but, yeah, so so we got to meet them. But They were great. And you played Cowbell that night? I got to play Cowbell with Boys the Cult on Reaper. You had quite the trip. Uh, before... Aerosmith went on, so mm-hmm. I can now say I opened up for them. You did, and you, which, you're, ab- uh, you're absolutely right. It's awesome. It was a highlight. But the story, <laughs> the story I told last week that you m- might not have heard is after the show, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I was just like you know wandering around, and I was like just behind the stage, and all of a sudden I see like like all these people there. I'm like, what's going on here? And then a limo pulls up, and it's Steven Tyler's limo, and he's going to get into it to leave. <laughs> and I'm just standing there like watching what's happening, right? And all these people are there like, oh, Steven, 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 Steven. And Steven Tyler sees me. He goes, hey, man, have a good night. Nice playing with you, man. And he goes up to give me like the pound, right? And I extend my hand for the handshake. (laughs) Then he changes to the handshake and I change to the pound Mm. to meet the pound. One of those. And then we ended up doing the wishy-wash, like, you know, the, the circle hands thing. And then he gave me the, all right, okay, okay, see you later, guy. You're cool. And I was like, wow. But you know it didn't really matter because he was actually that cool and that nice that it that was okay. You know, like, even on his end, he was like, whatever, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's just so cool. And when when a totally 100% cool person interacts with a totally 0% cool person, it's still kind of cool. It's still still half cool. Yeah, you're getting like 50%. I'm getting some of that. Mm -hmm. And he's so cool that my uncoolness didn't detract from his coolness right. like he had extra to spare for me he's got plenty and he shield he shielded me in it <laughs> so okay now let's get back on topic here so today's uh oh before we do this i want to get a little business out of the way please go to the band geek amazon link go to riotcast.com slash band geek and use the amazon banner at the top of the page before you do your purchases and before you add anything to cart make sure you use this version of the website because when you do when you add something to the cart and when you check out a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our podcast and it doesn't cost you anything extra and we love it and we can get nice things like a new drum throne for andy so it doesn't keep slipping (laughs) and we got this great camera and we're going to be doing a whole lot more streaming. I've been testing all the streaming platforms. We're going to do it on YouTube because that embeds right into Facebook, and I have a lot of great ideas coming up for that. So stay tuned. So now I'm going to begin the um, the saga of the Tiger's Fang. Mm. 2004, I uh, I get the call from Eric Bloom uh, to join Blue Oyster Cult, and I was about 230 something pounds. And he said, "Okay, you're in the band now, but you got you're you're a little too heavy because you gotta you gotta gotta cut some weight." Uh, and he was right because it didn't look good. You know, it wasn't a good look on stage. Um, and when you were the sound guy, it was fine. Yeah, when I was the sound was guy, like, it was great. You know, it was yeah, fine. You know, fit in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he said, "You know, you should try to." You, but and listen, Eric wasn't a a jerk about this at all he was just like look you know you're gonna be on stage now like and 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 the thing is to my defense i never saw that for me i never thought i was gonna be on stage i always was like no i'm gonna be a producer i'm gonna be the engineer i never like i never imagined that that was gonna happen that like to this day it still blows my mind that i get to do this because i i never saw myself being the performer i always thought i was gonna be like a crew guy or part of the production team because that's you know what i'm 
That's my specialty. That's what I'm trained in. But he was right. You know, I was like, I had to, you know, get some new clothes and I had to figure out, you know, a better way to present myself on stage. And Eric said, you know what you might want to check out is Kung Fu. He was like, I watched a documentary on it on TV and it looks like fun and a hell of a Mm. workout. So I said, you know, I took martial arts when I was a little kid. I might want to get back into it. So um, me and a few of my friends... We went around looking at different types of classes. And the first thing I really wanted to take was kendo, uh, mm. which is... Sam- I think I went to that one. The one in the city? Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, samurai sword fighting. And we went. To, we made it go to Manhattan. Such so strike one that we had to like, you know, pay tolls or get on a ferry or something to go to that. Forget that. But anyway, we went there and the guy was saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. I've been doing it for like 15 years. It's awesome. I have arthritis in both knees and in my feet hmm. and everything. I'm like, I said, oh. I said, what's that from? He goes, oh, that's from Kendo. I'm like, okay. And and I, and I the thing is, I remember you you didn't, I went with, a, I went to a few different places with a few different friends and I, and no one ever like went in there. I got in there every time. I was like, give me the sword. Let me try that's this. That's right. Yeah, you like, did. Every time I would get in there. You're a go-getter. No, but I wanted, to, I wanted to see what it felt like before I like signed up for like, you know, six months of it. Mm-hmm. But you are a go-getter. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> go, go get me a sandwich. No, you're the go-getter. Oh, I'll be right you back. Go I, gotta get get my, I gotta go get Amory a sandwich. Um, so we tried that. That didn't work out. Then I went to uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place with, with our friend Bill McGrath and I was there and I was like, "Well, this is cool." I was like, "You know, this this is mm. this is fun, you know." And then I saw like some kid blackout oh, <laughs> on the floor and like you know, like they had to call his parents, sort of thing. I'm like, I don't think I like this. <laughs> and then um, me and my friend Steve. This is like the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It is. <laughs> and then me and my friend Steve went to go try out uh, a kung fu place uh, right in Staten Island, close to us, and. Um, the teacher there. Now here's the, here's the other thing. The teachers at all these other places were kind of overweight, but like this guy at the kung fu place was jacked. He was tall, jacked, in like great shape. Um, and he goes, Richie Castellano. I was like, yeah. He goes, I went to I went to Curtis High School with you. <laughs> I was like, really? He goes, yeah. I, I was a drama geek back then. You know, and I, I I have no recollection of him in high school at all. Yeah, I I do very vaguely because he was friends with friends of mine so well yeah because damien was more sort of involved with the theater department mm-hmm. than i was um but uh, our our kung that's fu teacher all the girls were that's true yeah that's well, they still didn't want to talk to me but that's what they were <laughs> so yeah um so our <laughs> kung fu teacher charles bigham sifu charles bigham of shaolin martial arts that island new york 103 and 4 uh he uh <laughs> he was in, he was a drama person and um but he was studying kung fu that time but didn't really like you know wear it on his sleeve right um so we weren't we kind of weren't aware of that but anyway i was telling him about my whole thing i said look i I need to you know i want to do something to lose weight i don't want to go to a gym i want to do something that's fun and interesting to me i said but you know i have restraints like i can't go every i can't go every day and i i can't screw up my hands or my wrists and he was like that's fine he goes we'll work Mm -hmm. around it and he did and so i went i started doing kung fu with me and our friend Steve Korn. Uh, and and I want to say something really quick is uh, Steve Korn was supposed to be here today. Uh, he's very instrumental in the Tiger's Fang thing. He's the one who makes these movies with Damien and I. But he's expecting a baby. Uh, he's a he's a, a daddy-to-be. So he has a lot of stuff on his plate right now. So uh, 
we're going to try to do our best to represent him in his absence. So we miss you, Steve. I'll be Steve for the day. Yeah. Um, So I started doing Kung Fu. Right? It was just me and Steve first. Uh, I think so. Yeah. And then you... You checked I it started, out. I, I started training, uh, training privately. Yeah, and, and then uh, and and there was one point where we had almost the entire staff of the music store. Yeah, at oh, Kung Fu, everybody joined. They had yeah. like there was like yeah. a special, which was which was funny because I, me and Steve started and we went like really hardcore in the beginning and there were like two levels of classes. There was like a beginner class and an advanced class. So me and Steve got to the advanced class within like a year or so, and then by the time all the other people from the store were there, they were in the beginner class, and there was like the whole house of music class. <laughs> Then I, and I couldn't go to it. <laughs> I was like, shit. But, was uh, that after it changed locations? Y- no, no. That was before. That before. was still post. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, no. No, no, no. That was when Charles post. opened up the first Yeah, school. his own place. Right. The one that his coincidentally was in the best record store. That used to be Zigzags. Yep. Uh, yes. They used yes. to be this yeah. awesome record store in Staten Island, Zigzags. And it closed and, and our kung fu teacher opened up his, his uh, kung fu st- uh, school there. School there. Um, School. <laughs> so, um, so now at about a year in or so, maybe um, me, Damien, and our friend Steve Corn are all doing kung fu. And the thing about, I think, any sort of physical thing, especially like martial arts, is while you're doing it, you feel amazing. You feel like mm-hmm. you feel like you look like Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah. Now, Amory did martial arts with us too. Amory, Amory went very far, actually. It took it took a while, like, for me to join up. Like, you were doing it for a year or two before you you gave me for like an anniversary or birthday or something. You gave me a month of lessons or something, mm-hmm. and I tried it out, and then, you know, I got to red belt. So, you know, but while you're doing it, the forms, you feel like, oh my god, I look like a ninja. I'm awesome, you know. <laughs> And then you look even at though you no no but the thing is yeah no but that's the point like so we so me Damien and Steve uh, we're we're on my couch in my living room of my, my old apartment and we're sitting there and we're the going, day before Christmas Eve that's what that was yeah oh, I don't remember At least that's that. how I remember it wow was it. That's how I remember it. It was no, it had to have been warmer out. No, it was. It, was it happened to be. Warm. It happened to be warm enough for us to go outside and make a movie <laughs> without so, jackets well, on. Well, I remember. But he, it was. I don't know if I. Th- I remember him showing the video at Christmas dinner though. So there you go. Have, it couldn't have been. No, it, it it did. Yeah, because he because he. Well, did, well yeah, let okay. me tell the story. Yeah. All right. Um. So, so we're sitting you're, there you're on the right couch. Then. That's we're, it. We're, yeah. we're sitting there on the couch, and I go. Like we're watching TV or a movie or something, and, and I'm thinking like, "Yo, we all do kung fu now. Let's go in the back and like and do some kung fu." It's actually and, nice out. And they're like, "No." <laughs> you said, "Let's go make let's go yeah. make a kung let's, fu movie." I said, "Let's like, go. We let's could go. probably do it in like an hour. Yeah, it won't take let's, long. Let's go video each other like beating the crap out of each other, and we'll it'll look cool." No, it was like let's we'll just come up with a really quick simple story. Okay. And it'll take like like an hour, no problem. We'll be done. It'll be it'll be just you know we'll go outside for like an hour and then we'll come back in. And you can sit on the couch again yeah. and play video games, you know. But yeah, that and it took a little longer than that. But oh yeah, it did get us to go outside. Well, that's that's my thing that um, I always you know underestimate how long things are gonna take. Even if people tell you like. Hey, that's really gonna take probably like three or four hours. No, no, it's quick. It's quick. I'll be. I, I'll, I'll get. I'll bang it out. I'll bang it out. <laughs> we'll bang it out. Four Don't hours later, he hasn't even finished setting up. But this is this is what it's like <laughs> to be friends with Richie. You yeah. okay there, honey? My phone just started playing, having a dance party. Playing adult film music. Um, so, <laughs> so we did it, 
And we brought the footage back inside, and we all like because now after we did kung fu, we, we we choreographed these moves and everything like that, and we we did the the, the the speaking, and we're like, oh, this is gonna look amazing, right? And we went back, and we watched it, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Dean. We're like, wow, we can't show this to anybody. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't really remember that part, but uh, I'll take your word for it. I mean, the first seeing the first footage. Uh, I don't know. I don't really recall exactly how I felt, but... I just remember all of us, because our mental picture of how we were doing the fighting was like here, like way up here, and the actual reality of it was like we looked like, you know... I remember, like, I was like yeah. working that day, and I remember I came home and you showed me, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Well, Oh, God, this is great. Here's oh, what happened. We, we all left, like, the, we hung out, like, I right. think I, I, think I might have, like... It took, like, two and a half hours of filming, uh, And I think I might have edited the thing, like... And then, yeah, you just cut it, it together. And, and we looked at it, and we're like, eh. Yeah, and then you <laughs> said, I'm going to play around, I'm going to add some sounds to it. Yeah, you know? so, like, that, over the next, like, two days, I, like, did nothing but that. I And I came up with the three voices, um, so... So my voice was going to be the the hero voice of every kung fu movie, which is like, "Well, you're taking my teacher. <laughs> Come here, I'll kill you." And that's that's that guy. So kind of Obi Wan. No, in all those movies, there's someone who speaks very much like very proper English, and it sounds it's like an old little, time. I guess it kind of is. Got a little Obi Wan in there, I think. Well, because an old time radio, an old time ra- radio announcer who's given a script about people who are martial <laughs> artists, you know, and they and they train at a school, and the, you know it's. And they're fools who train at schools, and their and their master, you know, stuff like that. And then there was um, Steve, who for some reason was the old master, because I only could do three voices. Like, mm-hmm. where are you taking my teacher? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'll kill you if you know. And then the bad guy, which 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 was Damien, in every movie was Skeletor. You, are, you have an inferior yeah. style to me, and and those were easy voices, and I did those, and um, I. Put some like generic kung fu sounds on there, mm-hmm. and and the, I think the, the trick was I was doing. It, I'm like, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. Why isn't? Because you know it's too clean sounding. And I was trying EQ and compression, and it wasn't sounding right. And then like, I put the whole mix through a guitar amplifier, like a plugin, a guitar mm. amplifier plugin, and then all of a sudden it was like, that's it. That's what it needed. Mm. Because it basically super duper compressed everything, took out the highs, took out the lows, and made it the right, you know, the right sound. It sounded period specific. And then I just put some, you know, stock sound effects on there, stock music, and the whole thing just clicked into place. Now, the thing is, with the sound effects, all of a sudden, it became like comedy. It was funny all of a sudden. <laughs> and, and we weren't trying to be funny. Right. When we were doing it, would you? I mean, would you say we were? Try- I, I don't think so. No, not at all. I mean, it, it was the I, the way I remember it. It was like let's go outside and just try to make a, a short kung fu movie, and you know, it, it wasn't. No, it definitely wasn't a comedy, but it was supposed to be, uh, you know, just yeah. kung fu. Yeah, we, want, know, we wanted like to see a simple kung see, fu movie. Can yeah. we do this in an hour? Yeah, and yeah, which we couldn't. <laughs> and can we see the quality of the moves? You know what I mean? That's what we really wanted to see. Because like, well, we wanted to look cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was something else. And then, and you know, I think that Steve might have been a little disappointed by how funny it became because I think he mm. was taking it. I can't speak of him. If he was here, he'd be able to defend himself. But sorry, Steve, you're not here, so I gotta gotta speak for you. But I think we sort of had like this little push pull at the beginning of he wanted it to be serious because he was like, you know, I I was going to kung fu as like a way to stay in shape or to try to get into shape rather and. And and it was not as grueling as being on a treadmill 
or, or anything like that. Mm. And he was doing it to learn how to become like a killer. So <laughs> that was that was the big difference between the two of us. And and so he didn't and you know he didn't want it to be that funny, but I wanted it to be very like once I realized this could be funny, I was like, oh no, now we got to be like stupid with everything. So I think the the two of us like doing pushing and pulling with that was is sort of part of what makes it what it is. Um, but then, like Amory said, we showed it to everybody during and Christmas. And they flipped out. And they flipped out. They loved it. Uh, yeah, I, re- I remember. I remember yeah. being there. It was Christmas Day, and I remember it was Chris Segalini came up to me. He was like, Rich. He, he comes up to the mm. both of us. He goes, Rich, this is this is amazing. Can I be in the next one? <laughs> what next one? Yeah. yeah. Right. He kept <laughs> saying, what next There's one? There's no next one. I don't want, I don't even want to show this to you people. <laughs> you know? And we still had the thing. You can't show it to Sifu. You know? Right. He'll be... It wasn't we, online. It was, we don't, po- showing, don't post we were it. We just showing friends and family. That's it. So, and probably but, with a sufficient amount of nagging, I convinced them to put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and and he wasn't the only one who asked to be in it. A yeah. lot of people then. All of a sudden, we had like ten people that wanted yeah. to be in it. All they didn't realize. In the store. As soon as you show your dad a video, <laughs> though, he's playing it on loop in the store. Yeah, Richie Richie does this around Christmas. He finds video projects to do every like, Christmas. Pretty every much. single Christmas. That's when you did Bohemian Rhapsody. I yep. remember, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like. Oh, happy holidays, honey! Come upstairs. We're gonna open presents. We're gonna we're gonna have dinner. He's like, I'm working. I'm working. I can't leave. I'm like, but but. I am a robot. It is a Christmas, please. Uh, um, so we did that first one, and people started seeing it, and we started like, okay, you could see it. Like, it was always like it was like a secret. It was like come to the back of my car. No, and watch after this movie. people started to react so positively to yeah. it, I was like, let's show everybody. This is awesome. And now we have shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we showed it to, and our kung fu teacher said uh, that was hilarious. Like, I, and I was really nervous about that because I, I didn't really know him that well. You know, he was like this scary Makes kung sense. fu guy. You didn't want to disrespect the whole thing. Richie <laughs> held him in such high regard. He he was like the pope to Richie. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it was amazing. And and I said, but anyway, he, he saw it and he gave regard. us like the seal of approval. Like, yeah, it's great. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we did another one, and I said, okay, now we need. Like, okay, what happens next? Give you know, Richie an story, inch yeah, and he a, will go a mile. Yeah, well, yeah, we had the simple setup for yeah. the story. Oh, you took my teacher, good. you you yeah. kidnapped him. That old one. Yeah, and, but, you know, <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to elbow you in the face and that's that. Plus, we had to come up with roles for everybody who wanted to be in it, right. too. So right. we had so, to kind of write everybody into it. So a lot of... So Tiger's Fang is mostly made off of Amazon and Joanne Fabrics when it used to be on Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, I would figure out the cheapest way to make things. And, and we said, okay, in the next one, we'll do Anne-Marie. She'll be, she'll be the teacher's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she finds out the teacher was kidnapped. Uh, so, right. yeah, so, so, yeah, well, I'm not going to give the plot away. I want, I want everybody to watch these. Um, and just go to YouTube and type in Tiger's Fang. No, you Fang. can give a little over, overarching plot action here. All right, so... Um, Yes. Yeah, but you don't know how to tell a story short. So, okay, um, <laughs> tap you, out, honey. tap out. Um, teacher's daughter goes looking. She's ambushed by the tiger's fang, the people who kidnapped her father. Right. Yeah, and all in those the people woods. are were employees of my dad's Castellano's store. House of Music. <laughs> all musicians. And they, they met me in the park and they kidnapped me and then it became a big problem. And then ultimately, they the kidnapped next... and they kidnapped her to leverage the teacher. Yes, that, right. <laughs> this is a deep story, actually. Now so, I'm thinking about it. Well, because you wrote it, you, like you, too many things going on up there. So essentially, the next eight movies were Richie and Steve going a quest to find the teacher and teacher's daughter. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I just nutshelled it. Please do not say any more, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I won't. I won't. But um, so we know. had no. So we had so. 
Okay, Amy needs a costume because we had me and like me and Steve both had like the regular kung fu jackets just because we had them because we liked them. And your costume was pretty easy. You mm-hmm. headband and a, and a pair of Elvis glasses. All black. These are yeah. all like you when Classic you guys went bad guy. that first movie. Like that was, those weren't costumes. That was like we're doing kung fu. <laughs> that was Let's what dress we cool. were wearing. Yeah, that's shit I had in my house. <laughs> yeah. So we. Um, so now I remember so I went to I went to Chinatown with Anne Marie and we bought her a, a jacket to wear. So that was her costume, and she mm-hmm. did her hair with like like Chun Li buns, and uh, and for all the over, and that was Steve's old apartment we used in that one too. right yep. before he yep. moved, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, <laughs> the musical number in that that to, so of to course day, Richie now had to put in a musical number. <laughs> yeah, there had to be a musical number. The, fir- the first of many musical numbers, by the way, mm. um, and that was great. <laughs> I'm just gonna, that that remains to be. One of the favorite, the Buck's favorite thing, Buck Dharma's favorite things that I've ever done is, is that musical number. Nice. He, he, like, I, I had a set. poorly he goes, impersonating a, a, like, fin- a phonetic spelling of Yeah, I was going to ask song. about that. I wanted to hear the story again about the, how we did like the dialogue for that song, like the, oh, the, the lyrics. I oh, no, I made Richie, No, no, no. <laughs> but, but he didn't though. What he did is he found a song. It was called the Chinese flower song. He found a song online. He goes, okay, Amory, sing this. I'm like, it's Chinese. <laughs> it, they have completely different linguistic things going on. You and did he's a pretty like, good job of mimicking it. And I thought you did it exactly right until our friend who's Chinese heard it. She goes, you know, you're saying nonsense, right? <laughs> and he was like, uh, yeah, I figured. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Th- this is the most racist thing I've ever done. It's not racist. Well, that's why we had captions on the, the bottom. So you know <laughs> oh, what's going very, on. Well, it, it was really funny, though, the, the lyrics that you wrote. Well, actually, I wrote them with I, you. I don't think it's racist. And I'll tell you why. I love kung fu movies. I love. I want right. to be Made in them. I want to make it them. Was. This, this is this is this is love. This is that's what this is. This You're is. like the Mel Brooks of terrible kung fu movies. <laughs> you know how many kung fu movies I've seen. I, I think that's I've a compliment. Loved, I've loved this genre of the film since I'm a kid. Like I'm, I'm watching these movies since I'm a little boy. I can attest to that. I saw a video of you running around in like a yellow shirt, going, "I'm Bruce Lee! I'm Bruce Lee!" And you're like six years old I, and adorable. I, I love this. This this comes from my heart. You know what I mean? I love this. I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not doing. There is one thing I did make fun of though in the movie. We'll get to that in a second. But um, so we did this song. And I said you need to be singing something because in the movies, like when they have like a, a song they sing, they won't dub that. Mm. Like sometimes they'll leave the song in Chinese, mm. and they'll put subtitles on in horrible grammar, right? Like with everything spelled wrong. <laughs> so we did that. So we did that, and that worked, <laughs> and that was really good. But you know, as soon as we saw that, uh, Buck was like, "My need- favorite thing was one thousands men." Yeah, that was my insi- my I insisted on that. But but Buck said, <laughs> "I need a copy of that. Give me a clean copy of that, please." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so we did that. We went to Amazon. I got. Uh, I think like eight ninja masks for everybody, and mm. we had um, w- to make their ninja costumes. Everybody had to wear black pants, black mm-hmm. shoes, black long sleeve shirts. And what we did is we took White two socks. two, pe- yeah, two mm-hmm. pieces of black fabric, and we'd put them in like an X pattern to make like a tunic, mm-hmm. and tie it with like. And everybody was in kung fu, so like bring your kung fu right. sash, <laughs> right. tie yeah, that around your, your waist, <laughs> and it would hold the two. P- and, and that's it. Everybody's costume was two pieces of fabric. 
We and were the it. rainbow ninjas because yeah. we had all like multicolored belts. Everybody had different colors. And, <laughs> and the sunglasses. Yeah. And, yeah, and the and sunglasses. We had ordered those. The most important Yeah, Because to know you're in a Tiger's Fang, you have to have the sunglasses. That makes you a Tiger's Fang. And legitimately, mm-hmm. we have about 30 pairs of Elvis glasses Yeah, in I, I think I went to like Oriental Trading Company, uh, ironically enough. And <laughs> I found, um, <laughs> and they had like, you know, a bulk, bulk <laughs> Elvis glasses. <laughs> Don't ask why. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So and I I bought some other things like I bought like that big um, uh, black karate gi and I cut the sleeves off it for mm-hmm. Omar mm-hmm. you know and and so we did that and we I bought a few like gag things like we had the hand that we used a few times right, fake and, hand. and the knife and man it looks like uh, it looks like saw if you walk it there's like this there's like three boxes in my basement that that are just full of like a severed foot. A hand. Blood. Blood. Bloody knife. Yeah. Bloody hacksaw. Like, it looks like we murder people. Yeah. Well, you know what? Another funny thing is whenever it's Halloween and one of our friends, like, has, like, a, a party to go to and they didn't, like, prepare and it's, like, the day of, they always come to our house. Like, to be like, you know, I have to play a Halloween gig tonight and I'm I have a costume. You. What do you need? And Amber's like, all right, step into my office. It has been like this since I'm 10 years old. I've always been like that. I have a billion costumes. I dress up as, like, my favorite thing ever. So, I, I mean, and now with you, forget it. It's just, it's... <laughs> well, because I'm, the, the, I'm the same way. You're the same way. We have, we have an entire bureau full of costumes, not including the Tiger's Fang costumes that we have in multiple boxes. Some of which I've <laughs> never worn on Halloween. Just, I have, I just have them. <laughs> Just wear them on other days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wear them on Tuesday. Yeah. So we did the second movie, and people liked that even more than the first movie. And that then, was awesome. and then what happened is Eric saw both movies. He goes, "I'm gonna be in the next one, and I'm gonna be." And he he told me what it was. He goes, "I'm gonna be the next one, and I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the old master. I'm gonna be the teacher that gets kidnapped, mm. right?" I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so now I'm now I wrote I wrote him in. I'm like, okay. So why would he? Okay. So let's see what happens with Tiger's Fang. And I'm like, we need like we need like a really good like bad guy. You know what I mean? In this movie, like we need we need someone who's like just like a good like menacing bad guy. And I and I was thinking about like, okay, the the problem is like everybody else in this movie are like the people who are sort of beginners in kung fu at this point. Mm. Like we need someone who's kind of good. I'm like, you know what? There's a girl. Who goes to the school with us? Who's the same rank as us? Who's good? Yeah, she mm. was always my partner yeah. too. So, and her name was Vivian, and and she was Chinese. So, it's like that gives us a little more credibility. At Way least. more. It's not at least a bunch of white people doing this, <laughs> and uh, and she was game. She was awesome. You know what I mean? Yep. And, yep. and I remember like Anne Marie like called her on the phone. She's like, "What's your size? Okay, I'm gonna buy you." A co-. We bought her like a costume on Amazon that looked amazing. Yeah, it's great. She looked she looked unbelievable in it. She was great in the movie. And so she was the she became like the mistress of the tiger's fang, um, and then and the, the funniest thing was to have like these two worlds collide because like there first in the, the beginning of that day there's Eric in my on my toilet in the bathroom with Anne-Marie's putting like makeup on him painting his beard giving him like a fake long beard you know painting his eyebrows putting mm-hmm. the wig on him and uh, actually I had something planned for that that kind of got screwed up. Original because mm. Eric, you know, Eric's quite a bit older than us, and Eric used to do martial arts when he was in his you know forties. But I wasn't going to ask him to like punch people and do all this w- kick and do all this weird stuff. So we had a stunt double for Eric, <laughs> and the stunt double was my friend Steve Corn. But originally, the stunt double was supposed to be this kid Dominique, who's from from Haiti, 
who looked nothing <laughs> like right. Eric. I and remember he, that. And he was like this big muscular Haitian guy. Right. So I thought that would have been even better to have him be... It would have been be really funny. This stunt double book didn't... didn't he, it might have been a little confusing, though. I think he joined the military. <laughs> That's what happened. So he, he mm. couldn't be there. But anyway, um, so... Actually, Steve, if you like, if you look at it really fast, you can't tell that Steve's the stunt double. Like we, we yeah, we, I was watching it just the other day and, with somebody, and they we had hit no it pretty idea. Well. They had no idea. And uh, so, <laughs> so we did that, and Eric was awesome. And the funny thing was watching uh, Vivian's first kung fu movie and Eric being there because Eric's because Vivian's not really a performer, but mm-hmm. Eric is, and Eric got her right out of her shell. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. Uh, um, and we'll show we'll show more about that later because. Um, we're doing this podcast. I should have said this at the beginning of the show. Um, we're releasing the entire, the entire saga, saga this week. <laughs> we're gonna do all ten episodes edited together as one, and you could watch that. And you and can then, watch the quality get better. And yeah, better. yeah, it really does. Every it does. part of it just gets better, um, because essentially, like I learned how to make movies better and do all this stuff. And that's a side note I want to make um, in in a, a sea of side notes. Uh, <laughs> We did the first movie. I did it on Windows Movie Maker, which is what comes with the computer. Mm. You know what I mean? And nothing, pretty much. And, and like a lousy camera. And then what happened is I showed Rudy the movie. Rudy Sarzo, because mm. I was in Blue Oyster Call with him at the time. And we were doing a gig somewhere. And the guys from Sony Creative Software were at the gig. And Rudy goes, Richie, show him your Kung Fu movie. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> He's like, no, no, show it to him. I was like, all right. So I took out like my phone or something. I show it to him. And the guy's like, this is great. He goes, email me when you get home. I emailed him. He goes, what's your address? He sent me everything. He sent me uh, Sony Vegas, like their the, the top-of-the-line editing software. Mm-hmm. He sent me their DVD authoring software. He sent me their sound effects library, which, is unbel- which I use all – this is stuff I use all the time. And this is how I learned how to make – Internet movies. This is how I learned how to make Bohemian Rhapsody. This is how I learned how to make Band Geek videos. It was on Kung Fu movies. So, you know, whenever anybody says like, oh, you know, this don't waste time on stupid hobbies. Well, you know what? If your stupid hobbies are teaching you skills that you can use later on, great. You know, I just fixed my laptop last week because I, you know, the skills I got learning how to build lightsabers. It's like, it's all connected. That's my point. Anyway, moving on. So now we have the whole Sony Vegas thing, and the, and the quality is getting better. We have Eric interacting with uh, Vivian. Oh, and the point I was making is that there's going to be a, a little bloopers thing at the end of the um, <laughs> of the one hour, whatever, um, edited together Tiger's Fang. So you're going to actually see what Eric was saying to Vivian the whole time, <laughs> and you'll see how that actually turned out, how, how Eric busted Vivian out of her shell. So that was really cool. <laughs> and then... Um, it just kept growing and growing and people were just like oh we want to do one we want to do one we want to do one so i kept creating like new characters and we and you know my friend tony hansen who's been on the podcast before he was saying you know i gotta be in this you know Mm -hmm. and tony was our dungeon master whenever we would play dungeons and dragons so i said okay tony's got to be his bad guy voice Right, you know, great with voices and characters. Yeah. So Tony, so. like, we basically made his Dungeons and Dragons character into a tiger, <laughs> into a kung fu movie character. That was, and you know, he became like a foil for Damien's character, which mm-hmm. was great. And and more and more people kept doing it, and we had to get more and more costumes. And now people were chipping in, you know. So it it, it was it was it was a fun time. Um, but the movies would take more and more. Like mm-hmm. it started. It wasn't off, easy. It started taking like like a like I think Tiger's Fang Two was like four hours in the woods. 
Something like that. I remember it was way longer than we anticipated, yeah. and, and we, everybody and we, and who stuck it out was was a trooper. But the thing is, people start day. saying, "I gotta leave," so like right. we have to kill them in this frame. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like someone's like, "I gotta go to work now," so I'm like, "All right, Amory, stab this person in the heart in this next shot." She's like, "No, we were doing this." I was like, "Yeah, but stop what you're doing. Run over this person, stab them in the heart or whatever in the leg, and they go, they roll away at, at a camera so we could film the rest of the movie without them." Right. So that's how that always went. Um, but then, like, by Tiger's Fang 4 and 5, these were eight- or nine-hour shoots. Mm-hmm. And I started trying to do less um, outdoors because of the light. Mm. And at this point, our kung fu teacher was on board. So he was like, hey, if you want to use the school to film, go for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we did a lot of filming in, in that school room. And uh, that was very helpful. And then, like, I think I think the worst one, like the hardest one to shoot – was the one uh, Tiger's Fang 6 with yes. Master Lane because the... we shot it outside mm. on like the hottest day of the summer. It was like 100 degrees. Me and Steve. All the monks. We, everybody was dressed as monks and they had like prosthetic bald caps on and makeup. <laughs> and me and Steve are doing this like very comp. Now the thing is, me and Steve, instead of trying to improvise the, the moves on set, we'd, we'd practice that bow staff fight. That whole fight scene, we'd been practicing it for weeks, right? Mm. We did it so many times, we burned holes through our shoes. That's how hot it was and how like hard we were going. And that was tough. Like I remember um, Anne-Marie's dad is actually in that movie as one of the monks. <laughs> and he said, oh, it's only going to take a couple, couple hours. Yeah. He went fishing before he came. <laughs> and he had a fish in his car the whole time that cooked. It cooked, <laughs> it cooked in the car. I'm like, I told the guy... What do you think? You can be here for a half hour? You know, just because the movie's 10 minutes doesn't mean it takes... It, it might look like that's the quality that we're going for, and that's what we're getting, but it actually takes a significantly longer oh, time to make this. car must have stung. Yep. I think that's when he had to get a new car. At that point, you just throw the car in the garbage. <laughs> There's no fixing that. There's no coming back from car, that. car, the fish, the whole block. Just throw it out. Just throw the whole thing out. <laughs> but a, real, a really hilarious thing that happened that day is everybody came to my apartment and... Um, they Amity put them in makeup and bald caps and everything like that. And then we had to walk all the way around the block to my <laughs> sister's backyard where we filmed that scene. And so all my neighbors, everybody in the neighborhood must have been like, what the hell is going on? Because they saw like a procession of Shaolin monks walk down the street. <laughs> like, is there some sort of like Tibetan mission going on or something like that? <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah, but I feel like your was. neighbors feel like that a lot. Like My, my neighbors expect yeah, that from they, me now. Like, know. I'm the guy with the lightsabers out in 2 in the morning. and they, they In the can... backyard. Like, our backyards are really close to our neighbors. And well, now like, it is. I, I can only imagine what they must think when we're out there, like, with the lightsabers at, you know, 11 p.m. <laughs> so that was the hardest one. Uh, we got to bring in Tony's character, which was great. And then, um, then I, I'm, I was having a private lesson with my kung fu teacher and we're talking about some things and he was saying oh you know the movies are great he goes you know if you ever want help just ask i said no i, I didn't want to offend you he goes <laughs> he goes i love that stuff i go i just says i love those movies i'll do anything to help so then we brought him in and then it let, see but at that point stuff got like really complicated to shoot because mm-hmm. he had these like crazy moves for us that we kind of couldn't do <laughs> and and the other problem is like that with when I'm filming something, I'll be like, let's do it a couple times. I'll take the best one. I'll cut into it. I'll speed a few things up. Right. Let's move on. You know what I mean? He was just watch waiting for us to nail it. And after like an hour of doing one move, I'm like, we're not gonna nail this. This is it's gonna. It, this is just you know we're not. 
We're not professionals. We're not pros. We're we're <laughs> we're all overweight, and we're gonna do the best we can. And I'm gonna put sounds on it and speed it up and hope it looks good later. That's that's it, you know. But um, my favorite one in the series. I mean, it was Tiger's Fang Six when Master Lane takes out the heart, which is mm-hmm. I think Steve Korn's greatest effects achievement. Mm-hmm. It's so good. He did a great job on that. Um, but seven because. Um, seven. Great. Seven's really good. I basically like Blake Edwards just passed away, and I'm a huge Pink Panther fan. So I just said, you know what? This is gonna be a, basically a Pink Panther episode. I'm gonna do a Pink Panther thing, top to bottom. I'm gonna do this the one where I can't remember, I can't remember which one it was, but all the assassins from different parts of the world are trying to kill Cluzo, and I even like borrowed a musical cue, like the. Hmm. I said. That's what we're gonna do. So, so they're gonna. I'm try sorry. To... What was that? Can you say that again? Oh my god, that's a terrifying sound you can make. <laughs> so we did. We basically did like a, a Cluzo episode of uh, of that, and it had to end in like um, Henry Mancini esque song. And I'm like, who can we get as a lounge singer? I'm like, well, Henry's obviously the you know the first go to. But, but I'm like, too recognizable. But Amory's teacher's daughter, like she, it's gonna be ridiculous. Like, why is teacher's daughter singing? So, Amory's sister, Emily, is a lunatic. So, <laughs> and also a very good singer. A very talented, yeah. very pretty. I was like, that's it. This is that's who's gonna who's gonna be. And the the scary <laughs> thing about Emily is, I wrote the words to the song. Right this time, we did it backwards. <laughs> I I actually wrote that song, so mm-hmm. I wrote the words to it. And I gave it to our friend Vivian, who speaks Chinese, and she wrote the whole thing out phonetically, right? <laughs> so I said, "Great." So you I translated. Bro- it I brought it to Emily. I, I translated. I wrote it out for Emily, and I said, "Okay, this is what happens." I said, "Here's the melody, and here are the words you have to sing this." Emily did it in one take. She did it in one <laughs> take, and then the whole ending was that wow, 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 all improvised. Everything she did in that was all the riffing improvised. One take. I sat there with my jaw <laughs> dropped, eyes wide open, like. Are you for real? <laughs> Are you for real? She's like, was that bad? I was like, no, that was perfect. I said, don't. She was want me to do another one. I was like, no. You married the wrong Nachio. <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's exactly what it should be. And then I retranslated it incorrectly. Like I could have taken the words, but I didn't. I retranslated it again because be. there has to be things yeah. that get lost had translation. Had to be like that. And then I remember <clears throat> Amory had like a Jessica Rabbit dress that she wore, and our, our friend Joey Martin um, did like the finger waves in her hair. The guy who does my hair, he was there. He goes, "Oh, you need finger waves." Oh, Joey <laughs> Martin, the guy who played drums on Encore. Yeah, exactly. Like two weeks ago, and and for that one, that was our biggest episode because we had like twenty people in that bar. We had a band. Mm-hmm. Okay, so patrons. Little, wait, wait, wait. Little little backstory on that. Our friend Tony had recently bought a bar and he was remodeling it, so he gave us full reign. Starting to use the at bar. 10 p.m. and they were eight hour shoots. That was we a did, long shoot. Like that was two more or three than eight nights. Hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like 10 to six, 10 to uh, four. We it did was, it till the it sun ridiculous. came up every day, yeah. right. and it was nuts. And we shot three movies in that bar in one sitting. Yeah, because we had to shoot mm-hmm. Tiger's Fang uh, seven, eight, and nine. We had to shoot the big bar brawl. With mm-hmm. all of us fighting, we had to shoot the band sequence. We had to shoot the time uh, uh, Charles fighting me and Steve, and right. we had to shoot Charles fighting Jade his wife. Yeah, yeah, the Jade Shadow, yeah, which is our other really, kung fu teacher. And, and Tony really fixed up the bar, too. That was right after he did all that remodeling, yep. so it was perfect. It was empty, and yep. it was mm-hmm. perfect. So that one, so the post-production on those, because we did the three at once, and we released them like separately, but mm. that kind of burned me out, like because that was too much. Because it, it used to be like, okay, 
We do the Tiger's Fang. It takes us a couple nights to shoot. It takes me a day or two to edit. And then maybe a week or so to do the sound. We're done. You know what I mean? But this one took me like months. And I was it burned. It was so much well, work. You, there was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot there. And I was like, all right. You, you, really, you really put a tall order for yourself there. Yeah. And then um, a few months later, well, right, <laughs> here's <laughs> around this time, we went to Japan. Uh, me, Steve... Damien and Anne-Marie. Um, and we went to Japan. Did and we, how far, time chronologically? Like, this is 2009. 20, yeah, but I, we went to Japan we went in 20, We were planning to go to Japan we, while we were shooting those right. in the summer. Right. right. So we go there and we, now, here's... We went to Japan in 2010 in like right, February. Right, we planned it for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so... Yeah. Now, one of yeah. the things, that we had great things planned. Like, basically, um, my fr- our friend Steve had all this like martial arts stuff planned. Like, we're going to go take a look at the Budokan and we're going to go mm-hmm. take a look at this uh, kendo class happening and it was really cool and um, and Damien had a lot of things from Lost in Translation that he wanted to go relive <laughs> he wanted to he wanted to play the Scarlett Johansson role in real life which is fine um, we happen to see a few sights from that I movie. wouldn't mind spending a day in Scarlett Johansson's pants shoes um, <laughs> and you know and Anne-Marie and I had some things planned and one of the oh, things I had planned was, hey, there's a samurai theme park. Yeah, a lot we of stuff go to. planned. That's why we had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> and everyone's like, theme park, <laughs> and like, like, where is it? This was questionable at yeah. the time. Like, like, it was like, it? all right, this is a Richie thing. Let's let's give it a chance. I'm like, it's a samurai theme park, <laughs> and they're like, theme park, <laughs> and I'm, and and like, yeah, like, where is it? Like in the middle of nowhere. It's like you know an hour train ride away or something, and the, no, it's like a it's like a forty five minute train ride. And then you had to walk like five blocks to take a we bus. Had, or some we wa- shit. Yeah, we had to walk through that town. It was that really was cool, the day though. we followed that lady, the lady on the bike. I'm the looking for the, the picture bicycle. right now. Yeah. There, we, we got yeah. off the train and we had no idea where it was, and we were like, "Let's so ask Richie, somebody." So Richie, 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 you know, maps everything out the train, whatever, but doesn't have a map when we get off the train. We're like in this like quasi-industrial, quasi-rural town. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's not like there's like a store. There's nothing. There's literally nothing but like houses yeah, and, was, and, 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 and yeah. like empty warehouses and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's right. And we get off the train like, where are we? And listen, we've done a lot of traveling. We've traveled to Europe and it's one thing when you're traveling to Germany or France and it's the same alphabet. No, hmm. you're sitting here like, wait, that little squiggly line looks like that little squiggly line. <laughs> That's true. And we're sitting there That's like, true. wait, the language sounds nothing like what we speak. Looks <laughs> like nothing we speak. It's like, are we in Kyoto? Wait, no, 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 Tokyo, the little squiggly goes that way. The little squiggly goes that way. But we're trying to find where the actual theme park is off the train stop, which is like nowhere Impossible. near it. Mm-hmm. And so in Japan, a lot of people, I'd say like 90% speak English. But... We found Not like Kyoto. we found the one person that didn't speak English. She was an <laughs> older woman, and she was riding a bicycle. And I knew how to say like, um, "Excuse me, excuse me, where is the bathroom? Where where is you know? <laughs> doku deska." And I was like, uh, "Suimasen, uh, what doku deska? You know, uh, Toei Movie Land." And she goes. Back to him, I'm like, oh god damn it! And she basically, she was like, she gestures like, follow me. All right. She by the way, on she's bike. on this cute little bike. I swear, it probably had tassels. It totally had a bell, and she had, she had those, a basket. Like, flowers. She had she flowers have, like, and like yeah. a baguette sticking and she had out to be the back. Sixties or seventies. Yeah. Or, or you know, if she's and Asian, she, she could have been like 120. She was been. out yeah. running us. I mean, we were like jogging. We were running back on the bike. She was on a she's bike. On a bike. Yeah, but she's 70 <laughs> plus. So we get we, we get to this place, and it's like a place where you take kids on a field trip. Yeah. It's like it's like um, 
Colonial Williamsburg. It was. It right? was. Or Richmond Town. It was like I was gonna say Richmond Town. Like, yeah, but they don't know Richmond Town. It's col- it's Colonial. It's like Colonial um, Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah, that, that's about right. But, but smaller no, than but that. But except the war never happened here. It's right. like it's just like some place. Like, hey, here's a little place that looks like an 1870s Japanese town. You know, and we get in there, and they have like a little like exhibit that you get into and there's like you know power rangers there and like mm-hmm. all these um you know movie productions that toei uh has produced and it was kind of okay it's like a little like you know museum exhibit right and then we get in here and there's like a perfect freaking japanese town from every movie you've ever seen and they, and they told us like this is an active movie studio mm-hmm. they're filming uh, uh there's a longest running japanese soap opera they're filming right here right now which we saw we saw we them saw. filming and they would rope off yeah. areas like you can't walk in here you'll be in the shot mm-hmm. you know what i mean was and, toei movie line outside kyoto yes yeah it's in kyoto uh, technically mm. um but it's like on the outskirts so we um so we're walking around there and i'm flipping out now there's, there's not much to do there's like like you walk into a little house and there's a guy giving a demonstration like this is the type of house that a samurai would live in oh we saw the like uh movie weapons demonstrate that was hilarious right? i'm glad you brought that up because the guy he it's and it's and it's not a lot there's like maybe uh two school classes walking around a couple of tourists it's dead the place it pretty was much. i think it was off season yeah off you know, season. we were there yeah so so it was the winter you yeah. know so yeah. we're was we, not we go we go in all. and the the guy speaks english and he's like Emery <laughs> found a picture. She'll put it on Facebook. Excellent. Um, Do you know what? When we start the when we start the yeah. the stream, I'll put it. So, the guy's like doing a little demo for like me and my friends, and we're all we all speak English. We're all Americans, so he's doing it in English, and he speaks very well. And he's saying, "Okay, what's this? And what's that? And what's this?" And he take now. I'm like a Japanophile, Japanese samurai movie buff. I know tons. Of, I know way too much about that stuff. <laughs> so, he takes out like. He's expe- he's expecting to say what's this a shield what's that a sword you know what I mean <laughs> so he takes off takes out the the short sword he goes does anybody who knows what this is you know and I go um, I raise my hand he looks at me and I go wakazashi he goes you know wakazashi <laughs> the very good <laughs> right like yeah. in Kill Bill just like in Kill Bill it was just, like that. It was it just was. like that and uh, we were all dying that guy was great but <laughs> he was so excited all the people there just like you know Richmond Town or Colonial Williamsburg are dressed like samurai or ninjas and all the employees there <laughs> so I'm like this is killing me guys and I'm like what it's like, I wish I could film a tiger's fang here how great would it be how great would it be if we could film a tiger's fang episode here and then I'm like, and I can't remember who said it. Like, why don't we? Well, who said that? Was I think it, it was we, you. Didn't we roughly have that idea? Like, maybe, like, we no, can film he, some stuff? No, it was we last did, minute. We did, though, because no, I, no, I brought the stuff. No, no, no. I, that, that was, was all a tri- you. That was a triumphant moment in, in my life. <laughs> because that I'm was like, random? I'm like, yo. Really? Yeah. I was like, imagine we could, imagine we filmed the movie here. Like, no, I thought we would just, like, film us, like, doing some No, because remember, we, we bought the ninja mask when no, we were there. No, no, no. Let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. Story, please, right, tell please. So I go. Uh, if only, already. if only we could, we could, you know, film. We can't. We don't have our stuff. Like I got my camera with me. You know, we have a hoodie. It's about it. And Damien reaches into his pocket and he goes, "Ding!" He has this the Elvis glasses. I'm like, oh, "You brought those with you?" He goes, "I did bring them with me." Like, "Oh, we're gonna make a movie. We're making a movie." And like, I went to the gift shop. I think I spent like a hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. I was like, "All right, I'll take a ninja mask. Give me two knives. I want some stars." Give me that. I'm like, okay. Give me that. I'm like, all right, all right. Let's see. Damien's character wears a headband. Amory, is that a black scarf? Give me that. Tie that around your head. I was okay. okay. So it was like, 
it, it was like kind of cold out. It was like like early springtime weather. Yeah. So we're all in like hoodies. We'll I have, have a scarf on. on. I, I have like a beanie and, and a scarf. <laughs> and I think the beanie ended up being half of a ninja mask. My scarf ended up being my sash. You'll see in this movie. Um, I, I used Richie's giant black hoodie to, to be my ninja yeah, every, garb. Every ninja had the black hoodie that was tied over, like over it in a sash sort of thing. And we bought a ninja mask. We had knives. And so if if and when you're watching this movie, you'll see like if you're this like is why aren't you why, why aren't you wearing the the proper the proper Tiger's Fang costumes? Because this was not planned. <laughs> and do you know what we went into the, what was planned? Scro is when after we got that footage, we're like, okay, now then we're walking through Kyoto. Then we shot some that stuff. Other scene. We shot B roll. Sh- yeah. yeah, yeah, we shot B roll there. Mm-hmm. But we so we, we did it. We didn't have a story. That no. was the thing. Right. We had no story because like I was like. They're like, okay, what's the story? I was like, I don't know. Let's just film some stuff that we can like kind of use. Production value. Yeah. I was like, this looks I saw too, that pond. This looks too good. Let's you know just, what I'm talking about. So we basically just filmed stuff. Had no story. Didn't know what it was going to be about. We just had Damien running around and fighting <laughs> people, right? And the funny, one of the funniest freaking things that happened is we're filming something and a Japanese a tourist a bunch of them come up to Damien and ask him to take a picture and Damien with his Elvis glasses and he goes yeah sure and he's posing doing the movie star pose for pictures with Japanese tourists it was unbelievable in Japan in Japan like he's That's a movie true. star what a yeah. jerk so anyway then, then so the other thing is like and I don't know if we're gonna get in trouble for this but I said Damien go up to that guy and very slowly ask him where the bathroom is <laughs> so I would stay in the background with my camera and Damon would be like, uh, excuse me, um, could you... Uh, I knew a few phrases. Yeah, I don't remember uh, them now. But. Oh, forgive <laughs> me. My, my English is not so good. Yeah. So anyway, so he's doing these really slow um, phrases. Just and trying talk to, to like, that guy. We're going to film it. Like, ham it up. You know what I mean? Because this has to be a conversation in the movie. I don't know about what. <laughs> so there was like two samurai guys working at the park, one ninja guy. Mm-hmm. And, and they had great costumes. Oh, these guys looked awesome. Um, also, there was like this water feature at the park that would happen like once every five minutes or so, the and pond. it was just like serpent that would come out of this pond and spit water. So we worked <laughs> that in. We worked everything in, and then after the park, like we're leaving and we're doing like the philosopher's path walk. I think. I think that was even another day. That was yeah, another that day. was totally. And another we said, day. I said, yeah. you know what? We're gonna be screwed because. All those conversations you had with people. Well, we started thinking a little bit about the story yeah, and what yeah. was going to happen. So right. we, need, we knew we needed another scene. I think we, we figured scene. it out on the train ride home. We figured yeah. out what yeah. the next. We shot that in someone's driveway of the the, assass- the first assassination attempt. <laughs> no, that was that was a shrine. Oh, really? That was a shrine. The driveway of a shrine. You know, because the shrines always had driveways in uh, in uh, you know feudal Japan. Uh, and then and. Then, like we said, you know, all those scenes I was watching on the camera, I was like, those are too short of you talking. I was like, I need like a cutaway shot. So we, we took a picture of you like in front oh, of that's us. that's right. Like, Me just talking. Like bamboo or something, like a bamboo fence. And it's just <laughs> him talking for like five minutes. So fast forward. I have this footage. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, Donald Buck Dharma Roser from Blue Oyster Cult says, hey, Richie, um, you know, my wife and I are coming up to New York for Christmas. And we'd like to be in a Tiger Spang movie. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, that's that's funny because I'm sitting on some footage I don't know what to do with." So then the story like kind of uh, took itself. shape. I said, "Okay, <laughs> so Damien's creeping around this village. It's Don's village. Uh, he's the ninja master, mm-hmm. and Lord then he fights ninja. you." I said, "But the problem is, it would've been great if we could fight in Japan, but you weren't in Japan." So our friend Tony Hansen at the mo- at the time had a green screen in his studio. So we went to his green screen room and we. F- shot the fight mm-hmm. 
So pretty much Tony Hansen has facilitated every single Tiger's Fang movie. Yeah, thank you, Tony Hansen. We really appreciate that. He's the one who had the bar. He's the one who has the green screen. He has all the toys. Yeah. Um, so we shot that. We shot um, Donald and his wife in my house and then went to the green screen. We shot that. And so now normally what would happen is I would edit it immediately and Steve would get to work on the effects and we'd be working at the same time and, and try as, to finish this stuff as quickly as possible. With this one, the green screen, because I didn't use really a great camera and I didn't have like great lighting, so the green screen didn't come out good. So mm. the ma- th- it wasn't keying out properly. It was- so what Steve had to do, and I give him tremendous props on this, Steve had to go to every frame of every f- shot in that fight scene and cut out Damien and Don in every single shot. Mm. It took an enormous amount of time. And what would happen is we'd start working every day on this, every day, every day. And then it was once a week... <laughs> and then it was once every few weeks. And then what happened is I made the Bohemian Rhapsody video after that. Mm. And that, like, for all the work I was putting into these Kung Fu movies, I was getting, like, a 1,000 views, a couple thousand. I mean, Eric's had 10,000. You know what I mean? Mm. But I was like, for all that work, it's, like, months of work for every movie. And there's, like, not, not much return. And then I did a music video. It took me a week to make. And, and it, it was like instantly 300,000 hits. So I'm like, okay, I have to take a break from doing Kung Fu and go back to like doing music full time for a little bit. So I did that. And, you know, me and Steve kind of lost interest, I guess, or lost motivation. Life interest, got in the way. You life know, got the yeah, motivation to yeah. finish this. Other things um, came up. People were busy and... And I kept telling, and and every you know few months, Don'd be like, "Hey, how's Tiger's Fang coming?" I'm like, "We're working on <laughs> well, it." Yeah, well, that also, thing. It wasn't just Bohemian Rhapsody too, because I remember right after you made six, seven, eight, or, or seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. seven, we, eight, nine. We, we made our metal album. We we mm. made you you got burnt out on doing the video stuff, and you said I need to stop doing video, and I need to start doing music again. And mm-hmm. then you did Morning Starlet, and then you did Bohemian Rhapsody mm. the following year. Yeah, so I I just wanted to get back to some more music centric stuff. And, and it's just like the Kung Fu thing was, was a lot of fun for me, but it, it just wasn't, you know, it's not what I'm known for doing. And it, there, there wasn't much return on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just a... Yeah, but a, it was also becoming a little not fun, too, because you just had such a tall order. Right. It was more That's and more what it work. Is. Mm-hmm. It, it became... It, became it, not when, fun. when fun becomes work, it stops becoming fun, you know? And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened in the case of this. But... Um, you know, and the other thing is, there's all these storylines left unresolved. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, when does this person get to fight this person? <laughs> and, you know, so what happened is over the last few months, uh, you know, the, the BOC schedule was slow. So uh, me and Steve got back together. We, um, we pounded out these videos. Mm-hmm. I basically, like, pounded out all the sound. Um, I wrote, like, a, a, a score that I'm really proud of for this movie, for Tiger's Fang mm-hmm. 10. And it's funny because I'll go back and I'll watch the old movies and there's not that much music in them. Like, I don't know why I felt the need to score this whole thing, but it's just because... Because you're a musician. Yeah, but I, I also think, like, if you, ha- if you have the ability to make something great, make it great. Like, don't, don't cheap out, you know? It's not like this is... A... I mean, if it's money, cheap out, but... <laughs> well, if, someone, if, if you have a client, they're only going to pay you for a certain amount of hours. But if it's your thing and you're doing it to represent yourself, like... Don't don't skimp. Do it right. You know that's my thing, and mm. and that's and that might not be a great thing all the time. It might be a flaw, but in this case of the movie, I was like, no, no, I want to have a cool score and a little trivia. Uh, I actually got Don to play guitar on this, so all the like the Ooh. cowboy guitar stuff, that's Don. Um, and a couple other shout outs I want to give as we as we wind down. 
um, is Anne Marie. And yeah. the reason Anne Marie is here is she worked on every kung fu movie except for the first, the one. first one. And she did costumes, she did makeup, mm-hmm. she did she helped us with choreography. And she was in them. And she was in them. She plays multiple characters mm-hmm. in them. Um, well, I'm my, teacher's daughter, and then I try to hide myself as ninjas. And oh no, my favorite one is when she plays a drunk guy in the bar, in the bar what? scene. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, you, yeah. You, you give the face. And oh, everything. when I jump up and I give the fist. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's my favorite character. I think you play. <laughs> Angry, disgruntled, and every, drunk and, you know, and, and and Eric helped us out financially in this movie. He chipped in for some of the costumes and everybody donating their time and their places to us. And just it's it's and, and look, this is not like. A profit. We haven't made a dime off this. I mean, we sold these T-shirts to be able to make more of them. Mm. But that with, with Tiger's Fang, it's always about just you know whatever we get goes back into the next one. Um, now, a lot of people are going to ask because the second we, we still p- haven't made money on this, guys. No, there's no there's no <laughs> money. We've lost a lot of money. Yeah, this is this we is, just this didn't is a, lose this is a hobby. as much. It's a hobby, and so a lot of people ask like, and I know they're going to ask, when's the next one coming out? Well. Considering this one took five years, I don't know. But um, Damien and I are kicking around the idea of trying to crowdfund the next one. Mm-hmm. And um, because instead of, like, initially I had, like, oh, we'll do 20 episodes. <laughs> but I don't want to do that. I think what I would do. Yeah, we called the first nine season one, too. Yeah, but in the... I think I think the, um, the, the limit we had was when we started this, YouTube had a 10-minute file size. Mm. And that was the limit. So it, we had to be under 10 minutes. Like, I think... Tiger's Fang 4, 5, and 6 were supposed to be one episode. And we cut things out of it to make we it... We definitely cut stuff Well, when you guys watch the full the version, there's, there's an extra scene in there that was cut for time. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. is a great scene. Um, but... Which one? The one with AJ and Steve at the gate. That, oh, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, That's a bonus scene. That's, and we're going to point that out. Um, but we, we might crowdfund it. And if I did do it, I would do the whole movie in one more long episode and mm. we'd resolve the whole story and I would I think what I would do and the reason I would crowdfund it is because I just I just can't do it by myself anymore it's, it's I don't have the time to do it well, it's too big it's too it's, much work it's too much it's, it's too, too much. yep the scope of it's too big so what I would want to do is hire a production crew and and instead of like you know sneaking into this place or doing it in the back <laughs> of this person's house I'd want to like rent out a space with that or a set mm. you know somewhere where we can do it and be left alone for a couple of days, hire a crew that's going to help us film the thing, mm-hmm. help us like do any stunts we need to do. If we need like wiring or anything, help us do all that stuff and just do it that way. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I would look, this is, I love doing this. I just have to make it possible because this last one took five years because of how big it was. And it may not, may not seem it, but it's just, it, it's a tremendous amount of work that goes into these. It's tremendous. It's more, than any music project I have, it's mm-hmm. it's it's considerably more, and and the reason I kind of stopped doing this is because, like I said before, for being considerably harder, it's considerably less gratifying when it's done. <laughs> um, so we might be doing that. So what I wanted to tell you now is we're gonna we're gonna stop here, um, and now we're gonna shut the this off. And me, Damien, and Amber can record a commentary track, which is gonna be up next week. So this week um, is the movie. So before you watch the commentary track, I really recommend you watch the movie because we're going to be, you know, yammering over the, uh, over the comment over the movie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I had a lot of fun talking about this. Yep. So I want to thank Anne Marie for doing this. Thank you, Anne Marie. And first time special guest, one of my favorite people in the whole world, and the universe, and the galaxy far, far away, Mr. Damien Scrope. Yay! Yay! 
Thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time. Yeah.